Now, what's interesting is that this same study also found that the closer we are to someone relationally, the more likely we are to try to manipulate them by making them feel guilty about something. Yeah, manipulate, yikes. Uh huh. If you're happy with the same old ways of dating, if you enjoy sucking at communication, and you have no desire to improve your romantic life, then our podcast might not be for you. But if you want some out-of-the-box ideas to deepen your current relationships, broaden your sexual horizons, develop a better understanding of yourself, or learn more about non-monogamy, then you've come to the right place. I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. And this is the Multiamory Podcast. On this episode of the Multi-Amory Podcast, we're talking about guilt in relationships. We're going to start out talking about some cutting-edge science of guilt, and we're going to talk about times when guilt is helpful, but then also when it's more of a hindrance. And then we're going to try to focus on how to use guilty feelings for good and not let them be a destructive force in our lives. Mm. This is fascinating. Yeah. Yeah this whole thing and that yeah. there's guilt science i guess there's science of everything it's a major in guilt science uh jace tell me about you and your relationship with guilt oh wow she's gonna she get all counselor away. on Jeez, you uh-huh. i know i mean i got i got got it i got it mm. got, how, got how it. do you got it i gotta catch them all <laughs> all them guilt how do, how do you got it <laughs> i don't know what you're trying to get at here exactly i mean i definitely feel it sometimes mm. uh you know tend to uh, even sometimes assume I must have done something wrong if it didn't mm. sometimes happens. Mm. Try to be oh, better about that, I think this is because, because, yeah, you thought that she was mad at you earlier. All, all morning today, yeah. Correct. Yeah. You think I'm mad at you all the time. <laughs> Not all the time. But do you feel guilty all the time? That's what I'm wondering. Do you find yourself in situations feeling guilty when you haven't done anything wrong? Well, so... I actually, at the meditation retreat that we did a few months ago... You felt really guilty. Well, that was like a thought, that, a thought that kept coming up for me mm. during the meditation was feelings of guilt for, you know, things that had happened in relationships of mine maybe like a few years ago, some more recently, mm. um, you know, things that, uh, you know, that I did that, that hurt people or that they felt upset by or, or whatever, like feeling a lot of guilt about those things. And also I kind of, through that process, like through just sitting with it, right. Just meditating and not having something to distract myself with got to like, kind of realize that I had stuff even from like my childhood having to do with my brother mm. that I like still felt guilty about. And kind of this idea that that I felt guilty about these things and that because I, I did or didn't do these things, like I didn't stand up for him this one time when we were kids and I've regretted mm. it ever since. And um, like with some school bullies and, uh, you know, feeling like, well, if I didn't do that, then I must be a bad guy. Right. Cause good guys would do that. Right. Like good, good people, like heroic people or whatever would have done those things. And because I didn't, or because I've ever hurt someone or like been what in another situation, if someone told me about it, I'd be like, yeah, that guy was an asshole. Like that was a bad guy that I've done anything that could fall in that category mm-hmm. of feeling this sense of like, well, I must be a bad person um, or like really struggling with that. And through that, through that meditation, like on our final day, 
is when I kind of kind of got to the root of that and had this experience of kind of finding my, it sounds really woo woo right now, but like finding my sort of childhood self who first started feeling that like guilt and shame um, and feeling like he might be a bad person and kind of like comforting that young version mm. of me. Um, mm. And how it was like a very, for me, it was a very profound experience. And, you know, I was like trying not to like too audibly sob in the meditation <laughs> hall with everyone Aww. on that last I feel like day. it kept handing you tissues. <laughs> well, that's also because I had really bad allergies. Yeah, that did. was actually most of the <laughs> tissues were the, for the allergies yeah. at this retreat center. Um, no, yeah, does that, I mean, that's So did kind you of, solve your guilt? Your guilt-free proud to be? 100% solve it. <laughs> well, what's funny is it actually, having that experience wasn't just a, like, I had that, but then everything went back to normal. Like, it has allowed me to, f to think about those things more as, like, learning opportunities and ways to grow and how I want to better myself, rather than keep getting pulled back to this, like, but maybe I'm a bad person, but maybe I'm, right. you know. Right. So that that has changed for me, actually, since okay. then. Well, you want to talk about guilt science? Sure. Science behind guilt? Yeah, yeah. do it. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's actually its own psychological field or anything, but <laughs> I just liked the, the turn of phrase, guilt science. Yeah, there's been studies and various things. So mm -hmm. there was a 1994 article. That, that's a while ago now. It is a while. Take it with a grain of salt. It is a little bit older yeah. stuff. Yeah. So it was in Psychological Bulletin. Psychological <laughs> Bulletin. Which I was is like, a, a scientific journal. Yeah, I was like, is it psychology? Is it psycho? Oh, there it is. Logical <laughs> Bulletin by Baumsteiner, Stitwell, Stillwell, Stillwell and Heatherton. Yeah. I would have said Heatherton. But, Heatherton? <laughs> like Heath, you know, Heather, Heatherton. Potato, sure. potato. Heatherton, <laughs> Heatherton. So all these people found that guilt in relationships come from two sources. The first source, empathy for the suffering we've caused our partner. Second source, anxiety that the wrongdoing will result in rejection or destruction of the relationship. So this is like guilt within relationships. Yeah. And okay. specifically, it's like what produces these guilty feelings. And honestly, just reading that, that it's kind of this double-edged sword or there's two mm -hmm. sides to the coin of guilt. Already, that was really fascinating for me because it really got my brain turning in thinking about times that I felt guilty in relationships of wow, I feel like there's certain times where it was a much higher ratio of I empathize for uh, my partner's suffering versus other times where there's a much higher ratio of maybe I empathize less, but I'm more anxious that they're going to reject me yeah. or get rid of me or dump me or something like that. It I don't know. What's me, all your personal experience with that? It reminds me of like when you see dogs that look like they might have done something <laughs> wrong or because they've had a reaction from you in the past that was like really angry that they're mm. like cowering in the corner. That's kind of the like anxiety part of the potential wrongdoing. Like is that manifestation is in that dog who's cowering in the corner because they might have done something wrong or they are worried that you're going to get angry at them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember, I mean, just to go on this dog thing for a little bit, <laughs> yeah. like I remember learning about that where it's like people will often say about their dogs, like, Oh, like they, they, you know, act guilty or like they know that they did something wrong and people who are more dog scientists. So we'll talk about guilt science and also dog science, you know, tend, tend to say, no, actually your dog doesn't feel guilt, but they, 
based on this situation having similar having similarities to other situations where you've been upset that yeah. they can pick up on these subtle cues that you're giving mm. or based on the situation that they're in and that's why they react that way because they're bracing themselves for your reaction not because they necessarily feel guilt in the same way we do about so it's maybe more of the anxiety side versus the yeah, empathy side. Yeah. They can't empathize with knowing like, oh, I really pissed off my owner by destroying all the toilet paper or whatever. It's more of I'm anxious because I know I from, anticipate. My, yeah, yeah. From, my, from their body cues and tone of voice that they're going to yell at me or stick me outside or mm-hmm. something like that. Exactly. And the reason I bring that up is not to make this podcast be about dogs. Well, why not? I mean, that'd be a great show. 230 actually. episodes in. <laughs> Just, we're changing we're take, course. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're going to take a left turn here. Um, the reason why I bring that up though, is that I think as humans, we have an aspect of that too, where we will, will pick up on those subtle cues and will react to things because of the cues we're getting from other people. Yeah. But we won't be aware of that because it's more of a subconscious process. And then we can sometimes either misidentify, like our subconscious can misidentify those things and feel like I feel guilty now and I don't even know why, or that it can sort of add to other feelings or, you know, it's like, cause then once we feel it, our brain tries to find like, well, I must have a reason for feeling this. Let me try to find it. Yeah. And not, and your brain won't always see the actual reason, which is just like, oh, well, I picked up on these cues from my partner. And so I had this reaction. Yeah. So anyway, just something to kind of be aware of. So there was a study in 1995, a year after this article was written by the same researchers, and they associated feeling guilty with higher rates of learning a lesson from the experience, changing behavior, apologizing, confessing the transgression, and recognizing how your partner's expectations and standards may differ from yours. Hmm. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. So if you feel guilty, you might also feel all of these things. You're more likely likely. to do all these things that if you don't feel guilty, you're less likely to want to apologize for it or to want to change your behavior or even to confess, for instance. I do think that guilt can be associated with empathy. Mm -hmm. I think that it can also be a destructive thing in a variety of ways, especially if like something is held over your head by your partner or vice versa. We'll we'll, we'll get to that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So the above list that I just said was essentially like the ways in which guilt can be a a useful emotion for us. So if we're able to kind of highlight what went, what went wrong, we can also infer and figure out like how these things need to be repaired Mm -hmm. or how like that thing that you did or the thing that your partner did, how it can be repaired. (laughs) Yeah. So feeling guilty, it's not, purely just like a poisonous feeling that you need mm-hmm. to get it rid of right away, it can actually be a very useful indicator. Now, what's interesting is that this same study also found that the closer we are to someone relationally, the more likely we are to try to manipulate them by making them feel guilty about something. Yeah, manipulate. Yikes. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't disagree, but uh-huh. interesting. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's like the tactic of the guilt trip is something that we're much more likely to use with people that are very close to us or that we know very mm. well that we care about versus someone that we care about maybe a little bit less. Um, and they found that the most common trigger for people using guilt as a manipulative tactic, uh, the most common trigger was uh, their partner not spending enough time with them mm. or not giving enough attention. I feel like 100% what they meant to say was people not having as much sex with them as they want their partner you to. You think so? 
The Ooh. guilt trip for that? 100%. For I mean, there sure. definitely, definitely is manifest a lot. As that. Yeah. I think that that comes up a lot in relationships. Oh, yeah, is the for like, sure. The like, rather than being, you know, angry about it or something, it's like, no, I'm going to act to hurt so that you feel guilty about it, mm. thinking that that will get them more of what they want. Right. And we've talked on other episodes right. about yeah, studies yeah. showing that the opposite of that is true. Sure. And that actually that tactic is not effective. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So maybe if you realize that's you. Yeah. Uh, stop that one. So they did find with people who implemented the guilt trip tactic with their partner, uh, there was a cost to the behavior, even if it was effective. Um, they found that often the target, the person who was made to feel guilty, even if they did change their behavior or give their partner what they wanted, they were much more likely to feel resentment mm-hmm. over it, you know, to feel resentment that they had been guilted into doing something that they didn't want to do. Um and then on the other side, they found that the person who is inducing guilt in their partner is also likely to then feel guilty about doing that, thus generating what they call meta guilt. I know, I love that meta guilt. Didn't That's... even know that was a thing. But and it makes now you sense, know. though, right? Yeah. I'm, I feel guilty about making you feel guilty. Uh huh. And now yeah. we all feel guilty, and no one's happy. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh huh. It just, gosh, I, I mean, I feel like not only. Like, I feel like we also go to great lengths to try to get out of feeling guilty, like finding ways to justify our actions and mm. things like that as a way of lessening our feelings of guilt. And I feel like in this kind of situation, I could see that then like perpetuating and like being cyclical and yeah. right, right. It's like, because I now feel guilty for making you feel guilty, I'm going to try to find more ways to justify that, which probably means finding more things you're doing wrong so that I can justify my actions. And it just can kind of end up in this cycle mm-hmm. where, you know, there's resentment all over the place and guilt all over the place. Yeah, definitely. It's a big old mess. Yep. Basically. Big old mess. <laughs> so yeah, so guilt is not always helpful. Mm-hmm. As, as we're as saying. As we've talked about, yeah. So, and part of that is that guilty feelings can be triggered for the wrong reasons, sending incorrect signals and stories about yourself. So like constant guilty feelings can make you believe, like I was saying, make you believe that you're someone who repeatedly hurts people or Mm. fails people. It can diminish your self-esteem and it can degrade your boundaries by making you feel like unworthy. If I'm guilty, I can't possibly complain about what anyone else is doing or, or voice a boundary or voice a concern or a complaint about something that's going on. Um, and this, I guess like a version of this has to do with when there's been some kind of infidelity or maybe some other kind of breach of trust Mm. in a relationship to varying degrees. But it's that the person who, who did the wrong thing feels guilty about it. And perhaps the other partner adds to that, right? Tries to like keep that feeling of guilt going on, maybe in the hopes that that will keep them from doing it again, right? Like using that guilt to get what you want. And then it can lead that person who's feeling guilty to feel like, well, I can't bring up anything that's a concern for me yeah. because I'm the bad one, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. I, I can't complain because I'm the bad one. Right. So I've just got to live with being unhappy and not voicing any concerns or having any boundaries. Have you ever experienced that? Mm, I mean, not specifically an in infidelity, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think so. I think it does. It can cause one to feel really bad about themselves and think that they're just like a bad person Mm -hmm. or that they're shitty at something or like, yeah, I must not be giving my partner what they need in a variety of ways, like sex or whatever. That's definitely been a big one in my life. Like 
I must just like suck at sex because like my partner, because I'm not like saying yes all the time to my mm. partner and they're guilt tripping me into, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. making me feel bad about this or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I also see a version of this one a lot with couples who open up a previously monogamous relationship or people who are new to polyamory where it's not an infidelity per se, because they are opening up their relationship, but it's like those little omissions of information Mm. or it's Mm. like, because you don't have those habits yet of like how to communicate about this and it's scary. And so I've seen people will often be like, well, you know, you know, I just, I didn't feel like I could bring it up. I wasn't sure how to say like the fact that you hooked up with someone or that you, you know, that you, ended up going on on a date or expressing feelings for a friend of yours or kind of whatever it is. And you just don't say something about it until later. And then maybe try to hide it yeah. or something that like those types of things, I feel like is an example of this. That isn't even just infidelity in the traditional sense, mm-hmm. but of where mm-hmm. that person then feels guilty and feels like they then can't, can't voice any concern about anything else. Right. And yeah. the other person will often reinforce that. Yeah. And yeah. Be like, yeah, you can't. You can't yeah. say anything. Yeah. I can do whatever I want now. Well, I think that if, because sometimes in relationships without even realizing it, I think we can slip into this sense, this story of like one of us is the good one and one of us is the bad one, you know, especially yeah. with something like an infidelity or where someone fucked up essentially that it can be really easy to fixate on that. And then it's like, you're the one who did the bad thing, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and Sometimes I think it can be easy to fall into this temptation of like keeping your partner guilty to keep them in line or keeping your partner guilty because you still feel hurt. And yeah. so they, you know, I think it, that's a big one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I've also seen this with couples who are opening up. Oh, gosh, I've seen this so many times. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, but where one person will kind of guilt their partner by saying like, well, we're doing this because of you you know, Mm. or we're doing this because this was your idea. And so basically the idea being that it's like, you're not allowed to complain about anything that I'm doing or anything like that because, because it's a sacrifice for me in the first place. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Cause you made this choice that hurts me. And so you can't complain about anything to be hurt or yeah. 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 People do some shitty stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And often are unaware. And I guess that's the hope of this episode, right? Is to like, let's, let's become aware. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. There's so many things that we've become aware of that it's like, Ooh, yikes. I was doing that thing. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this is definitely one of those categories. Yeah. Yeah. So guilt can also turn into kind of a self fulfilling prophecy. So, for example, if you are going out on a date with someone and your partner is super okay with it, no problems, you might still feel guilty about it, even though, like, everything is totally above board. Um, And then maybe on the way home, you're feeling stressed, you're feeling preemptively resentful and, like, ready to go on the defensive right when you walk in the door. And so once you do walk in the door, your partner might pick up on that withdrawn or, like, really stiff energy and then might react in like an equally withdrawn or stiff manner. And then yeah, there you you're, go. You're screwed yes. up. You're, yeah. you're totally screwed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This. Oh, yeah. This, so many I, times. Oh, so much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so many much. times. Yeah, I've been on both ends of this so many oh, yeah. times. Yeah. 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 yeah and something like this kind of happened um, with 
me and Dedeker the other day oh, really? about right. It had to do with um, me having time to get my work done, mm. and it was just like a weird combination of specific things that it had been a struggle for us in the past. But actually, this time was going great. But I kind of preemptively reacted like. I, I should be annoyed about this because I have been in the past. And it's, I think that comes up a lot in this situation where it's like, if your partner ever did react, you know, like they were home alone and feeling bad and upset and you came home to that, you may now always come home expecting that, yeah. which then kind of traps them into, into always reacting that exactly. way. Exactly. Because yeah. you've set them up to by walking in, expecting it and having that energy with you. you Even know? just having the idea that, that, their behavior in the past is going to be remaining static and that one can't change and move past that. Yeah. That's really difficult for me. And I know that's, that's something that I've experienced in relationships on both ends as well. Mm-hmm. It's like, Hey, okay. But that thing happened like years ago and you still are reacting to me in the manner that of the thing that occurred back then. But mm-hmm. like, I've learned a lot since then and I, Mm-hmm. understand what you need from me and mm-hmm. i am trying to do that so why are we still reacting as though i don't know how right yeah i think this is a really common phenomenon that happens with people who are new to mm. opening up a relationship yeah, because definitely. it's like think about it like we're just we're socially trained to feel guilty about liking like someone everything. who's not your partner yeah, yeah. yeah. totally <laughs> or to feel guilty about wanting to have sex with more than one person or feeling mm-hmm. guilty or for about not wanting to have at sex all, with maybe. You. yeah like yeah. it's so it's it's very easy to have internalized guilt I think even if you've gotten the A-OK from everyone in your life and that they're supporting, that it is still so easy to still just have that like on autopilot within you. Absolutely. Definitely. And we talked about this on the show before that it's like if you're disclosing something to a partner or even if you're coming out to someone or things like that and you're acting like it is a shameful and guilty thing like mm-hmm. other people pick up on that yeah of course. and they're gonna be like why are you acting all weird and shameful is there something that i need to know about is there something that you're hiding is this not on the board and are that they you... won't actually say that but it'll be going on subconsciously yeah. Yeah. that's yeah. the problem There's something going on with mm-hmm. this person yeah, yeah. definitely Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So another thing about guilt, the way that it can hinder us is it can get in the way of gratitude. What do you mean by that? Sounds like some hippie crap. (laughs) Wow. Look at this (laughs) guy. I'm offended because I was just about to be really vulnerable and be like, this is a really tough one for me. Oh, I was trying to, I was trying to be, you know, like the other character in the scene who prompts you to, oh, okay, to right. I was playing a part. Oh, okay. I don't All actually right. think that. I love gratitude. Okay. Every, everyone who listens to this show knows that. <laughs> okay. Um, well, it's the kind of thing that like when a partner does something nice for you or they compliment you or they give you a really nice gift that there can be this internalized guilt that can prevent you from actually being able to receive it. Mm. That happens to me all the time. I, I found specifically um, when it comes to receiving gifts, especially if the gift is like expensive or nice, um, and bear in mind, my bar for expensive is very low, <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. which makes it a little bit difficult. I'm pretty much, if you spent more than 20 bucks on me, I feel bad about it. Um, 
And note yeah, I know, taken. right? No, no, no. Don't take the note. It's, <laughs> no, I it's won't. In- <laughs> it's because my love language is gifts. I, I love giving gifts. And you're so. very good at it. And Thank I love you. and I love all the gifts you've ever given me. Uh, but it's more something that's come up like within my relationship with Alex because yeah. he also, you know, one of his top love languages is gifts. Yeah. And he mm-hmm. likes buying nice gifts. And yeah. so I'm always just like, no, no, I'm not worthy of, of you spending money on me. Like, no, it's not good, you know? And I mean, I could dive into where all that comes from. I think it's family of origin stuff. But mm, I think right. this has come up with our stuff around compliments also. You know, right. that we've talked about on the show before of if someone gives you a compliment in either it can be kind of a self-esteem thing of like, well, I don't believe it. I don't believe that I'm actually handsome or charming or smart or whatever. Mm. Or it can be a weird guilt thing of feeling like, no, I don't feel worthy to accept this compliment. Yeah. Does that make sense? Or that I'm a bad person if I do, if I believe that about myself. Or I'm a conceited oh, person if right. I do. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 That's a rough one. Mm-hmm. So that's a weird thing is that it it's this weird emotion that can be so helpful, but also can just like really block you from receiving these really good things that people want to give to you, Mm, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Next one we have here is that guilt turns you inward rather than outward. Mm. So like, like a lot of these things we've been talking about, it makes it easy to just obsess over your faults to the point of not actually doing anything proactive about the future but instead just dwelling on the past and feeling bad and i'm terrible rather than focusing on like well what can i do to be the best person i can be Mm -hmm. um and like in the studies earlier we talked about they did show that guilt does motivate people to make changes yeah but it's like this kind of guilt that just gets stuck there rather than guilt over a specific thing that i'm going to take action about this more generalized guilt that i think can build up is not helpful because Mm -hmm. it doesn't allow you to focus on what you actually can change and instead focus on what you can't change, which is the past. Right. Um, it also makes it easy to get caught up in anxiety about our partner abandoning us. Um, which will also tend to make us do things like try to hold on to them tighter, Mm. maybe even resorting to making them feel guilty in order to make sure they stay with us. Oh yeah. Right. (laughs) Or, or being less able to hear them if they have a complaint because it's like, Oh, that must mean they don't love me. Rather than they're telling me this because they do love me and how can I improve? Yeah. Um, And this isn't just in relationships. This shows up in a lot of areas like white guilt, for Mm. example. If you're so caught up in how guilty you feel for being white, you're not doing something to actually make the world a better place. Instead, Mm. you're just kind of self-flagellating, right? And just feeling bad about that or guilt about other privileges, Privileges about like being male or being straight or whatever it is that it, it can be easy to fall into this trap of just like, I should feel guilty all the time rather than, you know, and it kind of distracts you from being, being able to focus proactive. on yeah, what you can do to better it's yourself. It's important, yeah, to do that, to take your guilt and move it forward and move it like... Take your guilt and shove it. <laughs> no, but right, I'm saying like, you know, put it in a proactive and productive place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so I always question, I'm like, where exactly does this come from? Like this tendency of feeling guilt and then just being able to just sink into that guilt and just stay there mm, and not yeah. move. And I don't know, is it like a toxic parenting thing where it's like as a child, you had to be demonstrably guilty before you felt like you could be loved again by your mm. parents or before mm-hmm. you felt that you could get their forgiveness or something like that. Is it a like puritanical culture 
our like religious guilt kind of holdover of this sense of like you are constantly sinful and you need to constantly be feeling bad about that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Boy, I mean, I could definitely relate to that idea of needing to be like demonstrably. Oh yeah, me too. Apologetic and guilty feeling in order to like prove that you actually feel bad enough so that then you're okay. Yeah. I could see that. I think it's mm-hmm. why I like say sorry like every single time of the moment. Every single <laughs> every like single time of the moment. Yeah. Wait, what do you mean? No, I mean I just uh, people have told me that I say sorry a lot. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like I say it a little less now, but yeah. yeah I think I, you have gotten a lot better at that. Yeah, but I used Since to. Since we started throwing Skittles at you. Exactly. Oh, I used yeah. to say, I'm sorry. <laughs> we used to throw Skittles at Emily when she said sorry. Yeah. I don't think we ever actually threw Skittles. We just always threatened to throw Skittles. I think yeah. one time I threw a real Skittle. Okay. You might have, yeah. But I definitely like, I, I've gotten better about it, but I think my mother always used to tell me like, please say you're sorry. Like, say you're sorry, say you're sorry. Yeah. Well, I remember that or was a big, thank you. A big thing yeah. in my family was about like, if my brother and I got in a fight, like needing to apologize, mm. but it's like, yeah, it's like, there's maybe a certain thing about like, it's more than just saying, I'm sorry. Like having to really demonstrate how bad you feel, mm-hmm. how bad you did, that you know that you did bad, yes. that you know that you were wrong, that that might somehow make it better. Yeah. It also makes me think but about... But that's also the weird thing, though, is that when yeah. you make kids apologize to each other, if you've ever witnessed it, like, they're, they don't seem guilty, <laughs> you know? Like, you know how it is when you're a kid and your parents are like, go say sorry to your brother, and you're just like, I'm sorry, and then, like, stomp off. At least that's what I've always witnessed. I have not witnessed very many heartfelt apologies from children yeah, in my life. I think you're probably right. Yeah. I feel like, I but don't know. to your parents, it's a little different, I think. Yeah, you think so? I don't know. To your peers, it's one thing, but with your parents, like, especially when they're really intense towards you or very menacing maybe at times, Mm -hmm. then it's like, yeah, I better like show how sorry I am in this moment. Well, to go back to the thing about dogs, it's like for a lot of people, it's like their dog does something that really upsets them. Like they destroyed something that was important or made a mess. Right. Yeah. And that they'll, they'll yell at the dog, they'll they'll punish the dog, whatever. And then they'll stay mad at the dog. Mm -hmm. And it's this like, no, you keep feeling bad. Like they want that dog to keep looking guilty because it's like, I want you to really understand how bad this was. And I, it makes like, I made a joke about self-flagellation earlier, but like very literally like that practice, which comes from certain sects of the Catholic church about Mm -hmm. actually like physically harming yourself as an atonement for your sinful nature and for yeah. bad things that the you've done. The sting continues like long after even just the act mm-hmm. of self-flagellation, I guess. You speak right. from personal experience, Emily? No, I'm just <laughs> saying like, that's what I think. I, uh, in terms of like internal and emotional, yeah, right. I can speak from personal experience, absolutely. Yeah, I, thought, I thought you were quoting something. It sounded so yeah, poetic. Yeah, it, it did sound very poetic. That's what I was wondering. Oh, well. <laughs> You're just, you're a At poet. times I can be poetic, guys. You're yeah. a poet of guilt. <laughs> oh, gosh. Right. But, but so, anyway, just that that practice, mm-hmm. though, to me is very related to this. It's mm-hmm. like, no, I need to suffer enough to prove that I get yes. how bad I am. Yeah. And so, so the way that I see this manifest with a lot of couples is that either it can be this weird self-inflicted guilt of maybe you did do something wrong that hurt your partner, and then you just fall into this guilty place and then stay there and Mm -hmm. it prevents you from being able to actually take action or listen to your partner more or get into a dialogue. Or it can be the opposite of maybe you do actually feel guilt about something you did that upset your partner and then your partner wants to make sure you stay guilty, Mm -hmm. you know, um, as opposed to focusing on 
action or healing or repair or stuff like that. You know, those are kind of two common scenarios that I often see. Yeah. Yeah. So the next one is that guilt can fuel the urge to withdraw from a partner. We talked about this quite a bit in episode 228, which was pursuit and withdrawal. Uh, it's just this idea that if you feel like you can't do anything right or like you're just like constantly a disappointment to your partner, then you might want to like shut down during a conversation or withdraw from a partner in order to just preserve the relationship or for self-preservation even. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, which makes a lot of sense. And I I think we've all probably been there as well Mm -hmm. because there are moments in which it's like, wow, like I keep feeling like I'm getting criticism or... Like, I'm getting blamed for things, and, like, I just clearly am not doing anything right in this relationship, and so I'm just going to kind of sit down and shut up and withdraw, and that maybe will keep this thing together in a way. Yeah, Mm. and it's another situation where it can be tricky because it can be you're externally getting a lot of criticism from a partner. You know, anytime you sit down to negotiate relationship stuff it's it feels very judgmental or or critical and so that can really feel you wanting to withdraw if you feel too guilty about it or it could be an internal thing that maybe your partner's coming to you just asking hey like can we negotiate this can i talk about this can i make a request of you or i just want to talk about how i feel like this need isn't getting met and if you feel already predisposed to internalizing a lot of guilt yeah that then you can be withdrawing because it feels like their request is also like criticism or an attack or a disappointment or that you're being a disappointment or that you're a failure or stuff like that and it can also fuel this withdrawal pattern as well Mm -hmm. yeah and then the last thing we have on this list is that guilt can keep you in a bad relationship um it's really easy to feel guilty about abandoning a partner or giving up on the relationship. You know, this is very much closely related to the sunk cost fallacy sometimes of, well, it's been four years or five years or 10 years or whatever. And for me to just walk away from that, like that's a waste and I feel guilty about that. Um, Or if it feels like I'm, you know, I I could be, you know, I could give another six months or I could give another month or whatever. And so that preemptive guilt can keep a lot of people in a relationship that's really not serving them. Um, If you don't feel like you're doing enough to fix the relationship, even if it's way outside the scope of just one person fixing Mm. it. Um, From what I'm reading, it seems like the consensus on the interwebs is that women tend to be a lot more likely to feel guilty about abandoning a relationship. And I think part of that is because disproportionately women are expected to be the ones who do the labor of maintaining the relationship or yeah, Yeah. doing or doing the emotional labor of fixing the relationship or doing the emotional labor of like, Oh, there seems to be a communication problem. So I need to bring it up. And uh, you know, I'm the one who has to bring up us doing the radars and stuff like that. So that tends to disproportionately happen to women. And so I think I would theorize that disproportionately then women are more likely to feel like I'm abandoning my post (laughs) as Mm. it were. Yeah. You right. know, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I think that also people can feel that guilt over, like, even if they are doing a lot to try to fix the relationship or to fix some problem, but their partner's not participating in that. Mm-hmm. Of feeling guilt, like, well, I just must not be doing a good enough job yes. instead of being able to have, see the truth enough. of, like, yeah. well, if they're not meeting me, you know, if they're not working with me, that's not actually my fault. You know that yeah. that's you know maybe this just isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, it'll, it'll keep you in that sense of like, well, I must be doing it wrong then. 
Sure. I just need to learn something I need to figure better. out a I need way to, in which to do it better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think there's also, I know something that I've experienced being in abusive relationships is unfortunately we still have this weird, what do I want to call it? This weird cultural assumption that victims of abuse have to be like perfectly innocent victims you know Mm, we're much more comfortable with it's like yeah just this like perfectly naive innocent victim who got attacked or abused by somebody when in reality it's very rarely like that you know it's like maybe in the relationship you were shitty at times too you know or you weren't as nice as it could be and so i know for myself and for a lot of other people and clients that i've worked with who've been in abusive relationships it's it can be so hard to acknowledge the abuse if you're still feeling guilty, like, well, I also, you know, like I, I wasn't also, perfect yes, or, I yeah. also raised my voice or I also did some shitty things or I also, mm. you know, like I also did some things that made this person upset and mm-hmm. that keeps people from being able to even acknowledge when they're being abused or not because... Yeah. We have, for some reason, this weird, unattainable standard of like perfect victimhood, which yeah. doesn't actually exist no. in real life. No. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we want to move on to the section on how to turn guilt around. Like, how do we how really... turn that guilty frown upside down? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. So the first step in this is to verify whether the guilty feeling or the guilty signal is real or not. Um, So what this means is things like this, like check in with your partner and ask directly, did my actions or words hurt you? Did did, did I do something that hurt you rather than just assuming like, oh, well, they're acting away. So that must mean that, right? Just, just ask You can't always assume what your partner is thinking. You can't always think the Dedeker's mad at you. Right. (laughs) Because sometimes it's actually just because (laughs) it's the morning. It's, it's and she hates the whole nine, world in the morning. 99% of the time, that's what it is. It's, it's, it's just usually. like, you just got to check your watch. That's the first thing you should do. Yeah. There you go. You're like, oh, it's before 11 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly. not me. It's the morning. Yeah, uh-huh. correct. Right. Um, the next one is to put yourself in the other person's shoes. So this one, like when we were talking about um, maybe your partner is fine while you're out on your date, mm-hmm. but you feel really guilty about it, is to imagine turning that around. Like, say you were the one at home. And you felt totally fine. And you were like, yes, partner, go out and have your date. That's great. Like, I'm loving my alone time. Yeah. Would you want them to be feeling guilty the whole time they're out on that date? Nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I mean, if the answer is yes, that maybe there's, more questions. That there's some more follow-up yeah. questions for, sure. for that. Right. Yeah. And, and maybe you're not there yet, and that's something to work toward. I think that's mm-hmm. also useful information. But if it's this like, well, I wouldn't want my partner to always feel guilty anytime they did something for themselves... Why am I feeling that way? What's yeah. what's going on? Might be an indication that this isn't real guilt, as it were. Like it is mm-hmm. real guilt, but that it's not about something concrete and real that you did. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's just something that you've constructed. Yeah, I think this can also apply for situations like if for some reason you're feeling guilty about going out to get beers with your friends mm-hmm. instead of hanging out with your partner, or you're feeling guilty about working late, mm-hmm. you know, that again, put yourself in the other person's shoes. And if it's like, well, if my partner had to work late just this one night a week, would, would I, I want upset? them to yeah. be super guilty? Or if they went out, would I want them to be super guilty? You know, so right. that can help put some perspective on it for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then next is to check in with your values. So this is, do I feel bad because I've done something that goes against like the type of person I want to be. That's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Or have I done something that isn't in line with the kind of relationship I want to have? Like check in with those sorts of questions to be like, what, why am I feeling this way? Yeah, I want to know, have, 
the two of you ever had any kind of like that those gut check moments with those things either on either side either where it was like I feel like I'm doing something not in line with the person that I want to be or where you felt guilty but then realized no I'm still in integrity with like what I value yeah I mean I guess it happens generally if I have like if something pisses me off or I'm like, I'm going to be funny right now. And then it comes out as like kind of an asshole thing to say. Mm. And then I'm like, who check yourself right there. That was not okay. Kind of thing. Yeah. I've had those moments for sure. Yeah. What about you, Dedeker? I feel like you've been asking us a lot of questions. No, it's not your job. We're all in this together. <laughs> We're not your clients right now. That you're you're correct. our client. That has to be my default. Oh, I'm the client <laughs> you're now? The client yeah, now. Right, right at this moment. Yes. What was the question again? These gut checks that you just asked about. Ask like, the question again. <laughs> <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> Have you ever have you ever experienced something like that? Have you ever? Are you putting on Dedeker I am putting my voice. Yeah. coaching voice. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Uh, have you experienced something like that where you check in and either realize like you are doing something that's not like the type of person you want to be or the mm-hmm. type of relationship you want, or maybe that no, this is in line. Why am I feeling guilty? Yes, I think I've had both. I think that for me, there have been times when I guess there's been there's been times in my past where. I'm sorry, it's all kind of amorphous when I think about it, but where it's like, I feel like there's a certain piece of information like I could omit, you know, pretty easily and could get away with it, Mm. you know, with just omitting a particular detail that I think maybe would make my partner uncomfortable or something like that. Um, But I do find that like the longer I hang on to it, the more I'm like, sure, I could get away with it and be fine. But I just know that it's just 100% perpendicular to Mm. the kind of relationships I want to have. And Mm. especially being on this podcast, honestly, like the kind of role model that I want to try to be (laughs) or aim to be. So I've definitely had that. Um, And then as far as on the other side of kind of checking in with my own values, like, yes, I think, I think this is something that a lot of people in non-traditional relationships have to handle on a pretty frequent basis. That's why I think it's so important to get down to brass tacks on what your values are and what your boundaries are and stuff like that is because in a relationship, someone can very easily tell you, Hey, what you're doing is wrong. What, whether it's it's like, hey, you wanting to have casual sex is wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, dating right. people is fine, but having casual sex is wrong. You know, and they're kind of imposing that on or you, or vice versa, or vice yeah, versa, yeah. or whatever it is. That it is really important for you to do the gut check of, well, do I feel like that's wrong? Like, why, you know, or do I feel like that's right, or like whatever? And mm. and it's a scary thing to have to stand up for your values. I think. I, I know, actually. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but I think it's important to to have that as part of the process. I, I don't know. I just feel like I'm, I am I have experienced that a lot of having to make that hard judgment call of realizing, like, actually, the thing that I value is different from what my partner is telling me. Um, mm. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Not a good enough answer. No, it's a great it's answer. Great. It was your answer. And so it yeah, was great. Okay. You know, Aww, it's, it's your truth. It's, you yeah, know, there's okay. no, you don't fail a test in your coaching. <laughs> For a long time now, we've been fans of adamandeve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection. And now, not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also have a promo code that will work on adammail.com and evestoys.com, which are their site specifically for LGBTQ audiences. And our code is fantastic. It's 50% off of almost any item in the store, and free discrete shipping when you use our code MULTI. 
Yes, we love adamandeve.com and have for years. They are our oldest and longest sponsor, and they just keep on giving great gifts to us and to our listeners. You can bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your bedroom by going to adamandeve.com, adammail.com, or evestoys.com and select any one item. It can be, you know, an adventurous new toy or anything you desire, something fun, something sexy, whatever sounds good. So just enter offer code MULTI at checkout and you'll get 50% off almost any item plus free shipping. That's MULTI, M-U-L-T-I at adamandeve.com, adammail.com or evestoys.com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code MULTI to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping. Code M-U-L-T-I. Well, that actually dovetails nicely into the last one here, which is to check in with your external messaging. So this is, do I feel guilty because I think I should because of what other people say is right or what other people do or what you think other people do or how other people feel or whatever it is. And so with that, even if it is your partner, maybe it is your partner. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I think it can get tricky, right? Because I don't want anyone to hear this and think like we're encouraging people to just like have no conscience and Mm -hmm. and, like neglect their partners. Hopefully they're not thinking that. Yeah. 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 But it is the kind of thing where it's like if you've done something and maybe your partner feels bad about it, but it's not something that goes against what you did in your like what it doesn't it doesn't go against your relationship agreements or like your shared values. It is this weird thing of like being able to juggle being compassionate and empathetic for your partner's feelings, but without feeling like, oh, I did something wrong. Yeah. Necessarily. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like the unapologetic thing Mm. that we talk about, that it's it's a hard distinction to make where it's like, say, you you know, you have a partner who's either newer to non-monogamy or maybe both of you are or just is struggling right now for whatever reason, that it's like you going on a date with someone else does, does cause them to be upset. But they've said like, you, you can, can do, do that. It. That's fine. That's part of our relationship. I'm having a hard time with it. And so it's this thing of like, guilt isn't helpful and you don't actually want to change your actions there, but it's like, you still want to be compassionate and understand, like, I know what they're going through But for me to change my actions, to try to cater to what I think will make them Mm. feel less bad, even if it's not necessarily in line with our agreements or my values, can actually set you up for a situation where either you end up unhappy down the line, or then once you do start doing those things again, you go through this all over again. Yeah, because I think that that kind of not very useful guilt can fuel behaviors like minimizing or downplaying Mm. Uh or just trying to tell someone like the reassuring version of the truth, Right. you know, or really playing up, you know... Yeah, I went on a date with this person, but I don't. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Sure. I don't think it's going to be it was compatibility. That big of a deal. It was they a were okay. Deal. They were okay. I don't yeah. know the way that they like grabbed my hand was kind of weird. Like I don't know. Right. Um, right. Consensually grabbed their hand. Emily was giving me a look. <laughs> no, I just was yeah. laughing at the whole the idea. I was like, how would they grab their hand? That might be weird. <laughs> well, right. that was I all. think okay. This is something that oh, gosh, I've heard this so many times from clients mostly again part of this like downplaying thing of like yeah we we held hands on the date but but like their hand was really sweaty and i don't know if i liked it and they're like <laughs> it really was really clammy <laughs> yeah so like the right. guiltiness 
yeah, it, I mean, like, even a hand holding, you need to like be like, ah, but it wasn't as good as your hand or, you know, yeah, kind of that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, totally like, but totally. compared to your hand, it was like, frankly, a disgusting swamp. So. <laughs> right. But, but anyway, to, to go back to this though, so all of these things, right. So asking the other person directly, putting yourself in their shoes and asking if you would want them to feel guilty in this situation, checking in with your own values and then checking in if like, am I being influenced by some external values that aren't my own Yeah. of trying to determine, is this guilt that means I should use this to change something or is this not? And I should find a different way to deal with this. Right. So yeah, let's talk about the fake one. <laughs> what which, do we do? <laughs> yeah. If it's, if it's not real, if it's just like conditioning or it's habitual, it's bullshit, any of the above, then try to come up with some counter spells. We love this term counter spells. What did we say? Spells. Someone said this during Minnesota Polygon. They were like, it's Protego. That's the counter spell. <laughs> Protego. Protego. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I always read it as Protego. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course I did. Yeah. So do something like a mantra, like a, a personal microscript that, that you might, you know, share with your partner, perhaps. So like, I'm living with integrity. I'm living within my values. I'm taking steps to be the kind of person that I want to be. I'm going to therapy, something like that. Jason, I, you and I came up with a microscript around this. Which one? We have a lot mm. of microscripts. I know. You should have a little, <laughs> a little dictionary. Glossary. Glossary. Oh, that's yeah. cute. No, it was, it was about when... I was was and still am tackling my feelings around like casual sex and wanting oh, uh-huh. casual sex or casual encounters that it was we kind of made this microscript around I forget what it was specifically but it was around like me reassuring myself and you also reassuring me that like I'm still a good person. I <laughs> think it was that? interesting. It, yeah, it was like our adaptation of the thing from the ethical slut about the poor baby exercise. Oh. So the poor baby exercise yeah. is the one where you, you, your friend or your partner or whoever is doing this with you, just Sneeze, whatever you baby. say, they respond with oh poor baby. And it's, you know, you get to just dump like whatever you're feeling upset about. And it, it eventually the idea is that it, it becomes sort of funny yeah. and it kind of lets you let go of those things, but also feel heard. There was something like that where it was like, taking a moment where I was like I want to have casual sex and you're like poor baby (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't that but it was just sort of like it's like that's great and that's awesome that you know what you want or it was some Mm -hmm. variation on that and then it's like I I like this sort of thing it's like that's great and it's awesome that you know what you want and Mm -hmm. just sort of like having a set phrase right the microscript kind Mm -hmm. of thing that's that's what that one was yeah yeah another um part of this like another counter spell is to set a limit on how on how long you're going to feel guilty about something like set a timer or set something in the calendar. Now, how like, long would you set this timer for? Well, it depends on the infraction, I suppose. <laughs> but really, though, yeah, I mean, I definitely have had things in my life that I've been guilty about, and I didn't set a timer. And then mm-hmm. eventually I was like... You mean where you it was like what? it was like not useful guilt? Or, yeah. yeah, well, eventually it was definitely not right. useful it, guilt. Yeah. That's and interesting, I, too. It's like useful at first, and then and it's then, not. That well, could happen too. it's useful in terms of like, yes, again, feeling empathetic for your partner and feeling like, hey, I realize that like this is a boundary of my partner's that I need to at least be aware of and all of those things. Right. Um, but there is a point at which guilt is not at all healthy or helpful. Mm -hmm. And yeah, eventually I just was like, you know what? I'm done with that. 
I'm mm. done feeling guilty. But it took yeah. like six months. Jeez, Emily. Oh, yeah. yeah wow. I, I get oh, that. Yeah. I get that. I mean, 100%. I, I get that. I, I definitely was definitely had things feeling where I guilty, guilty about something from when I was 10. Yeah, That's totally. True. Totally. That's yeah, true. Absolutely. That's true. So I think setting a timer, it might be a long timer. <laughs> but yeah, if you do set like a, a date in which, you know, in the future, a, a month or whatever, and be like, hey, like, I'm going to allow these feelings to happen and hmm. to come up and to maybe feel guilty about them. But like, by this time, we need to move on. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. This, I mean, I think this is after you've determined that it's no longer serving you sure. to feel guilty. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I think maybe also, like, I have this much time to figure out what I'm going to do, like what I'm actually going to yeah. do to address this. Mm-hmm. And then once I've done that and figured that out, I'm not going to keep beating myself up for no totally. reason. Yeah. You know? that's, that's That's interesting. Yeah. And then finally, uh, this guilt might be related to anxiety. So you should definitely look into things like management for that anxiety, other counter spells for anxious feelings. Again, yeah, talk to a third party if you can, because that can be incredibly helpful and just insightful to be able to like go to a therapist or go to a really great friend and be like, hey, this is what I'm feeling. I'm feeling these feelings of guilt can we just speak about it. Can I hear your thoughts on it? Um, go check out episode 179, which is anxiety and relationships. We talk about this a little bit mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. So if you've determined that the guilty signal is real, it's not just okay. habitual. It's not just in your head. It's not just, you know, it's been six months since this thing is resolved and I need to let go. You know, it's like, no, this is real guilt. Like mm. maybe I did something wrong or I made a mistake or There's something that needs to be repaired, something like that. So basically, the best thing to do is to let those guilty feelings be a signpost pointing you to what needs to be fixed or changed. So you can do things like speaking with your partner about what are some actionable steps. What's an action plan here for how we might prevent this hurt from happening in the future? You can take some time by yourself to write down concrete actionable steps or intentions to make things better next time or to change your behavior. I think that's useful, especially if it's like I've wronged someone who maybe the relationship is not such that we'll be Mm -hmm. able to hash it out. Like maybe it's not quite like an intimate partner relationship, Um, but I just Mm -hmm. need to know for next time. Okay. This is, these are the things that I need to do, or this is the knowledge that I need to have in order to avoid making the same mistake the next time. Yeah. I mean, also uh, talking to your partner about apology languages Mm -hmm. Uh, that we did an episode on that, which is 135. That was a while ago. Mm -hmm. It was like a hundred episodes ago. ago. (laughs) Yeah, Um, exactly. A (laughs) hundred episodes ago uh, is um, finding out what their apology language is Mm -hmm. and finding a way to apologize that does have meaning to them. (laughs) I guess like we're talking about with when you're a kid, like doing an apology that, that, you know, it sounds like you mean it, like yeah. you actually mean it, that that might mean something different to different people. Yeah. Right. So figuring out the right way to apologize can help you and the other person feel better, which then will hopefully make you feel less guilty if you can kind of get that they really accepted that apology. Uh, so I guess quick, quick recap of those um, is expressing regret or accepting responsibility or making restitution genuinely repenting or requesting forgiveness. Mm. Um, and if those don't have a ton of meaning just as little words or phrases by themselves, <laughs> check out that episode is 135. Um, but it is a really interesting thing. It's something that after like around that time, Dedeker and I had a lot of conversations about trying to what figure out what, what ours were yeah. and like why sometimes 
you might want the other person to keep feeling guilty could be because you haven't gotten the apology that mm. means something to you, yeah. even if they feel like they have. Well, I don't know if you remember this. Do you remember what your apology language is? Because I do. Which one was mine? Well, do you remember? I That's don't. A... I don't remember. So uh, when you took the assessment, yours was expressing regret. Mm. Okay. And I will say that after learning that, uh-huh. it makes a marked difference when I bring that approach to when I do apologize to you. Fascinating. I know. I don't know if you've noticed, but... I mean, no, that's great. I did at the time when we figured what, this out, but... I, I'm interested in what kind of thing that he does in terms of, like, like that he prefers people to express regret. Like, why that is? No, I'm asking what it is that he does towards other people, what his apology language is in terms of, like, what kind of thing you do do you also express regret or do you just well, want yeah, people if it's, to express if it's like a love language thing it, it generally goes both ways it's not like, always not always not necessarily no that's yeah. how love languages work no no not necessarily yes. no no, so, no check it out <laughs> no like i definitely i mean i like gifts but i'm not like gaga over them but i love giving uh-huh. gifts mm. i no, love defi- it there's definitely mm. like a, a two-way street there often for some people it's the same but for a lot of people it's different yeah Totally. Uh, I feel like I feel like with this, it's like if that's what you think means a real apology. If you're trying to really apologize, you're going to use the one that to you is the. Most you're probably real. predisposed to that use might that. Might be. Yeah. 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 Do you remember what mine was? Um, well, right now, I actually feel like making restitution. That's what I was going to say, too. I mean, right now in this moment? No, <laughs> yes. I mean, I, I you feel better like, do it now. I feel like I remember the answer being different when we did this before, uh-huh. but I actually think that that one. That really? one's the one that comes up, and Emily agrees with me. So Tell that's me why? Good. Well, because yeah, the answer is different it's when I did it. Showing mm-hmm. rather than than like necessarily saying it's like it's like okay, I learned that that's not what I should be doing, so I'm going to show you next time, or show you right. like in my actions that this is what I'm doing. Right. Like I'm going to prove to you, correct? That, huh. Well, that this is real I, to I me. Didn't say that, but yeah, <laughs> I'm going to prove to you that I got it. No, I'm kidding. No, well, yeah. okay. prove to you that I'm sorry by making a change that you can sure, see. Sure, sure. Because sure. when yeah. I took it, uh-huh. the assessment told me that it was accepting responsibility. Yeah, which, which is resonated with me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That makes sense too. Mm-hmm. To me, that like accepting responsibility is like on the way to, to making, making restitution. restitution. <laughs> Maybe that's why. Well, they're all. I mean, of course, you know, they're all a little bit. They're all interconnected. There. Yeah. yeah, I forget if I did one. Yeah, you weren't there for that episode. It Damn was it. just Jason and I. Okay. Yeah, you missed out on that one. Uh, yeah, right. yeah, that was one of the ones that you couldn't make. Well, it never for. too late. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it and then <laughs> yeah. report at some point. But uh, finally, here we are. So mantras and microscripts are really good for this one too. If you have actually like found that you are guilty for a specific reason. Um, But to tell yourself things like I did the best that I could at the time, I've learned some really important lessons here for next time. And then thank goodness for a fogs. Can you explain to us what an a fog is? A fucking (laughs) orgasm. (laughs) (laughs) That was for all you people out there. Do you actually remember what it is? No, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell it's me. Another fucking opportunity for gross. yes, that's so good. It's so good, but another fucking opportunity <laughs> for gasming is also good. For gasming, gosh, I hate that. I don't like that. Okay. Oh In conclusion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, uh. so there's there's this Buddhist 
parable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure there is. I think the Buddha said this. I don't know. Someone said it. Someone Buddhist said it. Okay. Great. Uh, but it's this idea of um, don't confuse the finger pointing at the moon for the moon itself. Do you... Do We're you all pointing at the sky right now. Do you understand right what this means? Uh, yeah, like you may be pointing at something and it may not be the moon. So like, don't, <laughs> don't like confuse it for the moon. I don't oh, know. I also had a hard time with this one. She yeah. said this to me the other day and, and I was like, like cool. I don't know what that like, means. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I'll tell my version of the parable. Okay. Right. But it's the idea that guilty feelings when they come up and especially if they're, if you determine they're legitimate, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're warranted. They serve as a signpost, Mm -hmm. right? They point you in the direction of what needs to be fixed, what needs to be changed, how, what my partner's expectations are, things like that. But don't confuse the signpost for the destination. So what I mean by that is that it's like, I think it's easy for us to be like, okay, I feel guilty and that's where I can stop, you know, is just in the feeling guilty. That's the solution is I need to wallow in this guilt and this shame and that's how it's going to get fixed and it's like no it's a stepping stone on the path toward moving forward it's a stepping stone on the way toward actually taking action and actually fixing things and actually um either you know making restitution or repenting or asking for forgiveness or finding a way to fix the harm that happened yeah and so basically i think if you're someone who carries a lot of guilty feelings around all the time it's all it's kind of like <clears throat> it's kind of like you're carrying that signpost with you all the time yeah you know mm. and you don't gotta yeah does it make sense now yeah, yeah. go for the moon but go not the it. finger yeah <laughs> sure <laughs> go, go for the moon not the finger yeah, yeah. That, that could mean something else but here we are <laughs> Jeez. Oh, i don't know I, I don't know it just sounded dirty classic emily anyways okay. so, so we are going to be talking more about this in our bonus episode we're going to be talking specifically about the relationship between guilt and pleasure yeah yeah what's yeah. that's interesting yeah we, we can't wait to around. talk about yeah, it yeah mm-hmm. yeah So, all right. Well, we want to find out from all y'all out there what kind of things maybe you are guilty about, what kind of things and counterspells you've put into place in order to help work through that guilt, Uh, if it's ever been good for you, if it's been like, hey, this has really helped me out in my relationship, it's helped me to learn something that I didn't know previously, or if it's even broken up a relationship, we're very interested in all that. So the best place to share your thoughts with other listeners is on this episode's discussion thread in our private Facebook group or Discord chat. You can get access to these groups and join our exclusive community by going to patreon.com slash multiamory. In addition, you can share with us publicly on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can email us at info at multiamory.com. Leave us a voicemail at 678-M-U-L-T-I-05. Or you can leave us a voice message on Facebook. Multiamory is created and produced by Jace Lindgren, Dedeker Winston, and me, Emily Matlack. Our episodes are edited by Mauricio Balvanera. Our social media wizard is Will McMillan. Our production assistants are Rachel Schenewerk and Carson Collins. Our theme song is Forms I Know I Did by Josh and Anand from the Fractal Cave EP. The full transcript is available on this episode's page on multiamory.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, 
Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.